And uh, again, we have this week two of uh, our great friends, Errol Smith and Brian Smith. Gentlemen, once again, to talk quirky news, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Hello, David. Now, we have a story from China. It's a proliferation of different types of car parking spaces. We've all seen there's disabled spaces, there's there's short-term and long-term parking, there's spaces for families with children and strollers and uh, even for seniors in some car parks. Well, in China, they've uh, introduced um, in the city of Xi'an um, a special type of, um, of parking space that's uh, indicative of the kind of traffic congestion that they get on their roads. It's a toilet break space. And they're marked in yellow uh, on the main roads, um, and they're very close to 50 of the city's public toilets. And they're designated as a special toilet use space. I think you do have to leave the car to use the toilet. It's not intended for you to uh, go to the toilet in your car or at the side of the road, I hope. Uh, And they have a 15-minute time limit, so that's great. I mean, that gives you a lot of options, doesn't it, for for the type of toilet break that uh, that you want to have. But you can be fined, I think, if... You use the space, but don't go to the toilet. And uh, and I think here is where you might be certainly wanting the uh, toilet attendant to validate your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, will they have meters on them? Because that will add a whole new meaning to spending a penny. Well, I'm worried about how you have to certainly uh, prove that you uh, that you went to the toilet or needed yeah, to. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Just uh, I didn't flush, so check for yourself. Smell <laughs> my hands. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, do you get fined if you do or don't wash your hands? So, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was a bit concerned about the 15 minutes. I mean, what if you've had a bad curry? Well, I know. And, and what what about for shorter trips? I mean, seriously, turnover is the crucial thing in car parking, isn't it, David? So, so you know, you would want um, certainly, you know, you might have a longer space for someone who suffers from shyness. Uh, you might want, you know, a, like a two-minute space for, for someone who's just got to spend a penny. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Mm. What, yes. If you've got <laughs> prostate problems, you might want to give someone a bit longer time. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and apparently the, the queue for the, the, the women's toilet parking spot is much longer than the queue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if you've got four people in the car and they're all women? Well, they might need to have gendered toilet break spaces. Oh, okay. This, yeah. This would, and then, you know, perhaps two cars arrive at once. Yeah, okay. if they've got multiple people, can you extend your fifteen minutes? I mean, I mean, if someone That's puts a good chalk, point. if you've got a yeah, a large well, bus, six people or seven people I, in it, I think if he if he puts chalk on the tire, I think I've got a, a way of of washing that off. That uh, <laughs> kill, kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> Only if you've got men in the car, <laughs> or, ve- or very a, very brave women. Yeah, it's very it very it's a very talented sign, though, doesn't it too? Yeah, indeed. Uh, Brian, you suggested that perhaps they might have different lanes. Oh, for, for short-term versus long-term? Well, no, a, a number one lane and a number two oh, lane. Oh, number two lane, yeah. certainly, yes. to, to slide into them. That's a good idea. Yeah, so it brings a new meaning to T2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, uh, Brian, I think you have a, a second story for us. Certainly, Danny, uh, certainly David. Uh, Soliftia municipality in um, in Sweden uh, is suffering from the closure of its um, uh, maternity ward uh, in its town, and uh, so the response from the uh, the the town has been to start training midwives in car births. 
Um, now, I'm not sure if it's a sort of uh, throwing a bit of shade at the council for for shutting down or the government for shutting down the maternity ward, but they're now offering training for midwives and expectant parents on how to deliver a baby in a car. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there could be a car accident or the car could break down. Uh, you've got to be ready. The worst that could happen, even if it's very, very uncommon. So, um Basically, uh, it's a town of about 20,000 people, um, and uh, this um, maternity shutdown was a cost-cutting measure. I just wonder, um, you know, if it's the wisest thing to do to, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, put people at risk in having to learn how to give birth to children in ideal situations. What's the specific needs of giving birth in a car? Mm, I guess there's um, certainly nowhere to boil the water. You have to heat it with the cigarette lighter. Uh, yeah. And uh, you either carry sheets with you or perhaps you you know, you know, might tear up the, the seat covers. So you, you know, it could be a few preparation things you need to do. What if it's a sports car? <laughs> well, that's what the upho- upholstered rear parcel, so, parcel shelf is for, David. <laughs> I, I, talk, I thought they took a very glass-half-empty attitude, though, because they, they say, you know, <laughs> the car could break down, you could drive off the road, you have to be ready, the worst could happen. Wonderful experience you're about to have, this joyful, yes. this joyful moment. Is there something, is it ironic that if that's where the child was conceived? Oh, yes. It's a delightful irony, isn't it? Mm. You could sort of circle of life thing there, really, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to save the car then for your funeral, I suppose. Hold the child up <laughs> on the bonnet. <laughs> Errol, you have a story for us. In Canada, they've they've taken the whole pop-up shop phenomenon that's all the rage at the moment, and they've sort of put a uh, put a motoring twist on it by having a, a pop-up shop at in the from the back of a the car. They've got a, uh, a a station wagon there with a pop-up shop, but um, it's it's all in a for a good cause. It's uh, all about a charity that's uh, that wants to sort of highlight homelessness in the area. So you uh, you go to the pop-up shop and you. You buy a woolly hat um, known as a toque in Canada, and um, and that and the uh, the line is it prevent a family from living in their car tomorrow. And this is a real problem, isn't it? In in many cities, I know in New Zealand, in Auckland in particular, they you know they are one of the the, uh, the, the sort of issues with um, difficulty in affording homes in, in in finding affordable homes is that people end up families living in cars. So it's very apt that they use a car to promote this. I don't know how this works in winter, but um, the car is uh, painted completely white, including the windows and and tyres and wheels, just to make it sort of stand out because they're they're sort of trying to make the statement that that people get used to these things around them and then ignore them. So they're trying to make something stand out. I wonder if this is going to make a change in car design in the future, that we might have to start thinking about building more cars that people are going to end up sleeping in, given the world population going the way it is. I bring back the station wagon. The panel the, van. The panel van, yeah. Mm. Mm. I once uh, pulled up at a, a, a roadside McDonald's or something, cafe sort of thing, and uh, a lady was sort of fidgeting with a car in the front and trying to get it to work or what have you. And I said to my mate, oh, her car's broken down. He said, no, no, she's just pretending. If you look, the, the windows have got towels on them. Uh, she was <laughs> she was pretty well staying, you know, living in the she's car. Living there and making it look like she's just... Yeah. When people come along, she's looking like, oh, I'm just about to move off. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. Yeah, indeed. Now, um, who are we up to? Brian, I think it's your turn. 
Me again, David, and this is the annual No Trousers on the Tube Day. I'm not sure why this hasn't caught on here in Australia, but but every year in London, uh, a series of pranksters, and in New York City, actually, uh, a series of pranksters stage an annual No Trousers on the Tube Day. Um, it's, uh, it's now just a celebration of silliness. I don't think there's any, uh, uh, like, fundraising or anything like that, but on um, a particular day each year, something like nine or 10,000 people around the world um, go to work on the tube or the train without pants on. It's been running for eight years in the UK. And uh, yeah, so um, unfortunately this year when they uh, planned it, they planned it uh, uh, at the same time as there was a 24-hour tube strike. So uh, I guess you had to sort of <laughs> the not mor- write. The moral majority. That's right. Could have been one of those things that Fred Niles prayers were answered and so it's it was no trousers not on the tube day i guess <laughs> the thing is that the leader of the union must belong to the moral majority i think he's uh, you wouldn't want to wear sort of bright white underpants would you i mean we should point out that people aren't nude they actually no. do wear undergarments but you do need to plan don't you yeah the other thing is well, I suppose, well, it'd be pretty cold over there, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, they're, well, they're all choosing to do it, do it in the middle of winter. It's the first Sunday in the year, so it is depths of winter in London for sure and in, in New York. I guess that's about commitment. Ah, yes. Uh, the only other thing is where do you keep your wallet and uh, you know, your phone? Probably best you don't ask, David. <laughs> Is that your phone or are you pleased to see me? (laughs) Tag on, tag off sort of thing. Yeah, indeed. Errol, one more story. Yes, well, speaking of phones, um, uh, Canadian cops um, have um, found an interesting way to catch distracted drivers playing with their phones in their laps, which is, of course, the new way of sort of trying to escape the cops from from seeing you mucking around with your phone. Um, they've, They've just decided to catch the bus. Because uh, they've realised if you sit in a bus, you can you've got a great vantage point, and you can see people mucking around um, in their car doing illegal things. And um, what they do is they just call their uh, one of their colleagues in a patrol car to pull people over. So that's a nice little thing they got going. The thing is that being in a bus, it might be in its bus lane, it'd be much quicker, so you could get to sites quicker. But then how do you get your mates there to go and book the people? It might be a problem. Yeah, but it's still good. It's a, it's a win-win here because having police on the bus, I think, is uh, oh, okay. you know it's beneficial for security of people. Um, yeah, uh, you know, on the bus as well. So this is a cool idea that you know if you're a driver trying to use your phone, then someone who's well above you in the traffic stream can easily uh, see what you're doing. Gentlemen, lovely to talk to you. Thank you once again for your time. You're no worries, David. David. That's Errol Smith and Brian Smith talking some unusual stories, some quirky stories to do with the world of motoring and transport.